guys, it's Kelly here from the Domestic Game Podcast. And before we start today's episode, I just wanted to make a few announcements. So the first of which is that we have recently launched our Buy Me a Coffee uh, account for the Domestic Game. So if you are enjoying the content that we are creating, um, either through these episodes or social content or whatever it is, and you want to say thanks or do something in some small way, then we would really appreciate the price of a coffee because we're managing a fairly significant time difference at the minute and caffeine is our friend. So that would be greatly appreciated. If you're interested in that, by the way, the information is available on our website or through the links on our social media accounts. Um, However, if you're enjoying content and you don't really want to get us a coffee for your own reasons or, you know, whatever they be, that is no problem either. The main thing for us is that you are always enjoying our content. Um, That's what we strive for. So don't worry, we're always going to try and deliver that to me. So the second part of the announcement then is that we might have to start breaking our episodes into episode one and episode two. That just gives us a bit more space on our website. Yeah, so if you are listening to this episode, you see part one, don't panic. Um, Just listen to it and then move straight on into part two. It'll all be there. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. So without further ado, We'll start the episode. The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, guys, this is just a bit of crack, so please, no giving out. Hello and welcome to the Domestic Game Podcast where we bring you the insights and stories all things American football here in Ireland. We're your hosts, Joe Kinahan and I'm Robbie Caldwell. Let's get down to it. Before we get into, you know, possibly both our teams' failure to launch, I think we gotta like, you know, give, give some news to the elephant in the room. This show, the boys are flying solo. Yeah, we, we've uh, we've no Kelly. Um, she decided to take all the coffee money that, that you've been sending in and uh, just go off traveling. So cheers for that, Kelly. Thanks for leaving us high and dry. So any uh, voiceovers from Kelly that you hear have been just played from Joe's phone. So we are uh, we're out here by ourselves. If anyone yeah. uh, wants to give a hand editing the show later on, we're a very professional hear this. right now. <laughs> no, yeah, Kenahan and Caldwell here on the road together about to start talking some football our uh, predictions of how our teams would fare a fortnight ago we may have been uh, a little over ambitious yeah we may have um we may have said that we may have continued our winning streaks but uh three undefeated teams very quickly went down to one undefeated team uh and <laughs> that undefeated team is neither the Minotaurs or the Mavericks. Uh, obviously, June 26th weekend, I think it was game week 14, um, Minotaurs took on the Vikings in Mullingar, and the Mavericks tra- travelled to Lime Park for the Causeway Giants. And going into those games, again, two undefeated teams, I think, they're probably going to continue that streak. Both teams had won against their opponents earlier in the season, but uh, the the series for both of those teams ended up one and one. Um, Robbie, I don't know if you want to start with the 
how the Mavericks got on in uh, against the Giants. How they got Keep on shooting. was um, terribly, terribly. No, in fairness to the Mavericks, so I'm, I'm going to just set the scene for you. Like, Armoy Lime Park, it's about two hours away, you know, back on the geography front here. Um, the, the Mavericks travelled up, travelled up with their lowest numbers of the year, only 14 players, and come the the end of the first half, we're down to 11 players. They had seven guys play 100% of the snaps. Now, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to take any credit away from the, the Giants. Giants on the day were, you know, far, far superior. Having back the, the, the Borman twins made an outstanding difference uh, for them. Um, there are two DNs, McCafferty and D'Souza. Unbelievable. I was lining up against both those guys all day in at left tackle. And they are, they're physical men. They are physical men. Um, you know, McCafferty is, I'd say, a good 6'3". Um, has a, an interesting grunting noise that he makes prior to the snap, which really gets inside your head. Like it's a it's a consistent grunting noise, um, but he he's got speed and he's got strength. He was he was having fun out there. Uh, the Mavericks ended up playing with their their cornerback or their quarterback at cornerback during the second half. Um, they quite a depleted squad. The the numbers really showed that by the Giants having like players weren't getting tired like the Mavericks were. Where they were exhausted come that third quarter. There was players with hamstring injuries, the occasional vomiter, just things were not going well for them on the day. But staying that all credit to the Giants, they, they put in the show, they put in the work, and they got the win. Um, brought Mavericks back for food and all to the, the Hatch pub in uh, Armoy and just had a bit of crack after the game. It was great to actually just sit down and enjoy a cold one and have some chicken with guys that you're just after going to war with but uh fair play to the giants and they actually have they have the makings with some great you know players who i think i i'm not entirely sure what happened throughout the year for that team but they actually have some quality players i think that next year if they keep that squad together uh, a couple more wee pieces just plugged in here and there like I would not be surprised to see them making a push next year to to go up a division. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you look at again. You mentioned the the guys they have on the on the D line and how kind of ferocious they've been all season. They're very close to competing, like you said. Like they're three and four on the year. They're playing uh, right at the end of the year against the Razorbacks, so they have the chance to finish four and four. And in a division where again, like you're playing yourselves twice and you're playing the Jets. Um, who would have been the two kind of favourites in that division. It's good to see a team like the Giants who, you know, they're only a new side. Their first season was 2019 and to, to see them already coming on this strong already is a good sign for the team going forward. So you just hope they can keep that up into 2013 or 2023. Nearly said 2013 there. Yeah, like they're, they're looking like a more competitive squad and no, I'm excited to see them. I'm, I've always gone on about the jerseys and I'd love to see those jerseys lifting up uh, a Division 2 title at some stage. And I think we won't need to wait too long for that to happen, to be honest. Yeah, like depending on how the uh, the league and all is organised next year, 
and where everyone is positioned, whether there even is a Division 2 or whether they move mm-hmm. the competitive Division 2 teams up into a, a larger Division 1, possibly even split that between a, a North and a South. You know, it's it's anyone's guess at this stage of the year. But I do believe that they have made all the moves in the right direction and really looking forward to them, like you said, lovely jersey. Um, but their football was actually getting quite nice as well too. So, you know, it's a win-win for, for the Giants. We go from uh, one favourite scoring only one touchdown to another favourite only scoring one touchdown in their game on June 26th. Uh, as the Vikings came from Limerick to Mullingar and beat the at the time, undefeated Westmead Minotaurs. This was, look, at the end of the day, the Vikings played a very physical, um, very strong game of football. And they they just beat us, you know. They came in with a great game plan and they kind of shut down a lot of what we wanted to do. And they were very good at running the ball against a uh, defense who really loved stopping the run. And, um, you know, they found what worked for them and they, they ran with it, literally. You know, there's not an awful lot I can I can add really to say that, oh, well, it was um, a competitive game. To be honest, for a lot of it, it wasn't a competitive game. We had our strides and we had our moments, but it was it just felt like a game where we were fighting from underneath from very, very early on. And well, like, I, I would say possibly a big factor of the of the Minotaurs having to fight from early on would be the fact that you actually yourself went out quite early in the game. Um well, yeah. Um so for those for for those unaware, uh, I, I've been in I am in concussion protocol um uh, for the league. Um took a big hit early on for the first quarter. Um so you know if if you wanted to put a factor on it, it's that. But you know, their offense was rolling still. You know, as much as you could say, oh, well, we would have been able to put that many points up too. But at the end of the day, the, the Vikings came, they traveled in a away game and ran the shite out of the ball and were very, very good at doing it. And it led them to, to win in the game. So I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from the Vikings. They, they played a great game. But to be honest, that may end up being the driving force that by the time we hit the final, we're, on, we're firing on all cylinders and... Whether it's you know, whether it's the Crusaders or the Vipers in the semi-final, or whether it's either those two teams or the Vikings in the final, we feel that we you know we should be ready for those games. So, um, a big win for Vikings. Fair play to them. So, uh, sealing home field advantage in the process. Uh, it just means now that the game this weekend, um, July tenth for the Crusaders and Vipers is just to confirm the third and fourth seed. So the winner of that game will travel down to the Vikings and the loser of that game will travel to us for the semi-final. That weekend too, Rob, was um, saw another team travel and put up a lot of points, <laughs> a lot, a lot of points in the scoreboard. Um, the Rebels went to, to Craig Avon and put up 58 points. Yeah, 58 points dropped by the Rebels down in People's Park. Um, like, that was nothing short of an absolute execution of the Cowboys. Like, to be honest, I, I don't even think that that was fair, that that game got to that stage looking at that. Um, we've 
we've we've seen throughout the year that the rebels have been just you know a cut above the rest. Going back to what we felt was kind of the the make or break decider game between them and UCD, when they managed to get the win in that game, and now to put such a, a dominant victory, you know, up against the Cowboys who haven't had a great year, haven't had a terrible year. They've just had a year. And I would, like we all would have expected the, the Rebels to come away with a win here, but nothing to this kind of magnitude, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like you said, it wasn't necessarily surprised to see the Rebels win, but just to see how big of a win it was, was just like, oh, Jesus, okay, like this, at this stage in the season. Um, I kind of get what you're saying about the Cowboys as well. Like, it hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been a good year for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're guaranteed Premier Division football next year. Um, they put up some performances before, um, obviously this like late season breakdown it seems they've had but but just like I would see the I would see the Cowboys bounce back a bit next year um, would I predict playoff football for them? No but I'd expect even if it was the same record even if it was the, two, the same 2-6 and six record or 3-5 and five maybe I'd expect a lot more kind of tighter losses where you're not getting blown out like I think their last two games will get on to the last game um, in a bit, but I think they got outscored like 110 to 8 or something. Like to finish your season like that is obviously going to be a big, uh, big demoralizer. So you'd hope over the off season that they'll find ways to, you know, obviously keep their uh, big guys invested for one, and from there work out ways to, you know, exploit maybe some weaknesses they saw towards the end of games uh, from the likes of the Rebels and the Panthers. Um, but uh, you just hope that they can kind of take away the positives from the year. Again, the fact that they haven't been relegated, the fact they're going to be in Premier Division next year and hopefully grow from there. Now, on the Rebels' side of it, I mean, talk about Ty Henry, huh? Like, gee, <laughs> Ty Henry has been... Honestly, for me, he's been the MVP. I know he's, uh, I think, third at the moment in passing touchdowns. He is behind uh, the Admirals uh, Stephen Hayes and Aaron Mooney obviously has thrown a load of passing touchdowns this year. But the man has still thrown 17 touchdowns. And he's also, for a quarterback, he's like third on the rushing touchdown list. Like, when you think about when you think about that, that's just that is stupid. Like he's he's run for uh, I think six in the year, five or six in the year. Yeah, he ran he's, three. He's ran in, he ran in six. Well, if you if you have the website up to date, he's ran in six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So he's ran in six, three against the, the Cowboys on top of throwing three, um, in that game as well. Like he had an insane day that um two Sundays ago, and um, I mean he's the guy who's really. I mean the the team as a whole obviously is really turning on towards the playoffs. The closer we get, the, the better they seem to be playing, and. You know, right now, obviously, it's easy to say about a number one seed, but it's really hard to see anybody topping them, at least until we get to the Shamrock Bowl. Because at, at that stage, it's, you know, whatever team shows up for it more in the day. But there, I can't see anyone beating them personally. It's exactly that. You know, the only 
team that's going to beat them is the team that they're playing in the final. Um, you cannot see them losing any more, er, not losing any more, losing any games at all for the the remainder of the season. What is it? One more game of the regular season. Even if they rest star players, they still have enough enough depth and talent to get another win. It's really been quite the year for them. I think at this stage, we all kind of are nearly saying that they'll be the favourites to win. Um, it's they've just really like upped us this year. Like this is like I don't even know which team to describe from the past that they're reminded me of. They're just like a whole complete new animal this year, and uh, it's great to see. It is it honestly is great to see. Will we see the the sort of rebels legacy of old? Sort of confirmed with with a Shamrock Bowl win. I suppose we'll see August seventh in Kingspan Stadium. And uh, while I'm at it, I'll, I'll plug uh, I'll plug the website and I'll plug the socials. Make sure you check uh, check out the latest post on that. There's ticket information there. You can get in for as little as four pound. Like that. If that's not a price that we can get you in for, like Jesus Christ, I don't know how don't know how to sell this to you. Four pounds. What's that? Four pounds. Adults, adults get in. Adults get in for eight. What was that, Robbie? What's that in free state money? In <laughs> in free state money, I think uh, I paid like, I think I paid ten euro fifty, including ticket master fees, for my for my adult ticket. Adult tickets for eight pound. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be a great event. First time it's in Belfast since two thousand and nine. So. Yeah, get your tickets, come down, see a great game, eat some food, see Belfast. Be a great all weekend. Speaking yeah, of Belfast, yeah. there we go. See, we're getting better at these, Robbie. Uh, the July 4th weekend, we saw a few games, all in the Premier Division. The Trojans beat the Knights in a, a pretty high-scoring game. I wasn't expecting it to be, um, you know, this wild in the score sheet. Uh, 43-26 to the home team, Trojans. Yes, they make points sure. the Knights have put up. Uh, this year is it or is uh, it I, think, that... I think it's I think it's both I think it's the most points that the Knights have put up all year and the most amount of points the Trojans have given up at home so again Knights they, they're still undefeated or still undefeated they're still winless and the exact opposite of what I was going for there but they're putting in like the offense have been putting in great performances the last couple of weeks like I think they've scored 20 or more points in three consecutive games but it's just the defense like they i don't know what it is but they it just seems that any time that they can get bo- uh, points on the board they just seem to be giving them right back up um like you're you're hoping against the rhinos offense who has not really been scoring too many points you're hoping that maybe they can um you know keep things a bit tighter on, on defense there and uh, that basically survivable um july 10th but uh, it's hard it's hard to predict what the knights are going to look like week to week because it just seems that either their defense shows up like earlier in the season and the offense doesn't or the offense shows up and the defense doesn't yeah it's it's been difficult for them now to get both sides of the ball working in in time with each other to actually get the results that they they need so like there's positives to take and that they it's clear that they can get both sides going it's just 
that they need to get both sides going at the same time. It, it's kind of too late now in the season to to do that. I suppose at this stage, if they could even get that together for one game and even avoid relegation, that would be one positive. But aside from that, it's been um, it's been a, a pretty disappointing year for them. Yeah, and you you hinted at that needing to win this game. Like, if you would have told me at the start of the year that the Knights and the Rhinos right at the end of the season would have been, you know, basically the winner stays up, like, I would not have been able to predict that it would have been that tight towards the end of the season. I thought that relegation would have been wrapped up by now. But, uh, uh, it's a hard one to predict, especially with, um, I suppose we'll mention it, it's a big talking point. Um, it's been going around on the on the interwebs um, about quarterback Spencer McDowell, um, who is uh, we obviously don't know because um, there has been what's the word I'm looking for, Robbie? Inquiry. An inquiry as to yeah, there we go. An inquiry as to his uh, suspension for I think the first half. I think that's how it works. I think the first half of um, the uh, Rhinos game. So, you know, we've been saying, well, will the Knights finally get it on this last game of the season? Will they get their offense and defense rolling at the same time? It's hard to predict that when they're probably going to be playing with, you know, probably a, probably their backup quarterback in their in the, in the first half at least. Um, also, that day of the Trojans Knights game, um, Admirals UCD. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> What a game. What happened there? Like, like this is it. Like, some people are like, oh, is this now the start of the decline of UCD? We are deep into summer. Are things falling apart? Or is it just like the Admiral team that we started to like write off early on in the year? Are they actually just finally showing their worth? Like, to have a tie between these two teams this late on. It's it's really shaping up to make the the playoffs all the more juicy. Yeah, I mean that tie now really uh, really makes things interesting for those third and fourth slots in the playoffs. So had the Admirals won, uh, or had the Admirals lost, sorry, we could have had a three way tie. But I think this actually makes things more interesting now because the Admirals need to get a point so they need to at least tie this game against the trojans but if the trojans win the trojans automatically get themselves into playoffs and then the admirals are relying on the rebels to do them a solid by beating the panthers a rebels team who could be resting a couple players making sure they're good for the playoffs it's really interesting a Panthers team, and again, and again, the Rebels will be playing a Panthers team who needs to win to get into the playoffs. Like they're not guaranteed anything either. Like at the moment of recording, the only teams, the top two are secure. Yeah, but that third and fourth, it is. It's a it's a three way tie. Like there's any of those teams could finish the day either in the playoffs or you know back into preseason for next year. Like and you've got a, you've got this whole like okay well who would we rather play as well like well it's not even that like obviously all three teams are fighting to get into the playoffs but 
you know, and they they won't really care at the end of the day. But at the same time, you've got to be thinking, well, Jesus, if we can get into that third spot, we're playing UCD who, you know, obviously they're great and, you know, nobody's trying to say that they're not a good team. You know, they've put up stupid amount of points and, and been a really tight defense for most of the season. But, you know, the loss against the Rebels, fair enough, the Rebels number one seed, and then a tie in the last game of the year. There could be a bit of like, well, Jesus, we were 6-0, and and now we haven't won our last two games. You're getting that chance, if you're that third seed, to play a maybe slightly rattled team, or at least more rattled than the Rebels are going to be anyway. And they're, again, this whole thing of, oh, well, UCD, of course, they're, you know, right at the end of the season, and all the students have gone home and stuff like that. Like, I mean, if you can get into that third spot, there's a chance you're squeaking into the into Shamrock Bowl, I think. And I think the Admirals oh, would really love that game again. The Trojans would really love that game again uh, after it being so close earlier in the year, 28-27. And the Panthers would love that revenge game against UCD because UCD beat them pretty well. Yeah, like I think if, you, if you're pointing out there to the, the Trojans game early on the season and the Trojans, from memory, actually went out with quite a few injuries in that game mm. and were quite quite of the opinion that, you know, a full-strength Trojans team, from their opinion, would have been able to take UCD on the day. Going forward, now, from what I've heard from different Trojans, is that they're more or less back to full strength. You know, the issues that they had with their DBs, not fully understanding the playbook, that's all been ironed out. I think they would love the opportunity to go up against UCD again. And from from going where we had nearly wrote them off after three games to doing what Big T does, come back, getting wins. And I'd say that they are feeling themselves when it comes to the potential of making it to another Shamrock Bowl. Yeah. And... Considering, like, again, you, you talked about how we'd, we'd almost written them off. Like, I had even thrown the, the possibility of the fact that, you know, I think they were on, they were winless at the time. I think they were on three. And I had said, you know, if this keeps up, there's a chance they could be relegated. And they've gone from that to, Jesus, you know, if, if, if they get to these playoffs, they're a team that's completely, like, like white hot right now. So... It's a really interesting playoff race. And obviously then you've got the Panthers as well, who put up 55 points against the Cowboys. Like I know, like you know, the Cowboys that got beat the week before by a similar score and they'd kind of been falling off. But still, to put 55 points up on any team, you know, shows a true, like, you know, we don't care. We're winning this game. We don't care how bad we beat you. Like Ian Cahill for... for um, some of the flack he'd got over the last couple of weeks, he came back through t- three touchdowns. Um, the offense had five rushing touchdowns as well. Like they're all over them on defense as well. Like the, the Panthers, they've really they've really come on. Um, even against the Trojans a couple of weeks ago, it was a it was a close enough game, twenty thirty two, I think it was to the Trojans. But they'd come back off a couple of weeks where they hadn't really scored on offense. The Panthers and. You know, over the last two games, they've scored, what's that now, 75 points. Like, 
they're coming in and they're coming up against the Rebels team who already have home field locked up, already have number one locked up. They might be thinking, well, what's more important? Do we go 8-0 and, and maybe have a guy injured or do we go in full strength into the playoffs with a loss? There, there's a the chance one, there for the Panthers to win this game. The one thing that I would say about this game coming up between the, the Panthers and the Rebels, if it was a team from outside of Dublin, I would have yeah. seen the Rebels maybe resting someone. Yeah, The Rebels will not endanger possibly even drawing, never mind losing, to another Dublin team. They are the big dogs in Dublin. And, you know, they are, they're, they're aiming to just have complete and utter dominance over, over the county. Yeah, that, the entire country. Yeah, that, absolutely, yeah. That, that is a good point, actually. That, um, that Dublin rivalry will really shine through in that game. Uh, just before we predict those games, then I, I guess, um, we might, uh, skip forward slightly to the 16th. Technically, the final game of the AFI regular season. I believe it's the Giants hosting uh, against the uh, the NI Razorbacks. Am I correct in saying they're hosting? I yes, might actually you read. are indeed. You are indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, that's um, again we kind of talked about that earlier about how well the Giants have been doing. I mean, what way do you see that one going? Like, per, again, as someone who's, who's played against both teams. Yeah, um, as someone who's played so. Geographically, because I love geography, they're not, you know, a million miles away from each other. So I would hope that the Razorbacks actually travel better than they have when they came down to the likes of Dundalk. Because up in New Forge, we saw how much more of a competitive team they were once they actually got the players out. Um, saying that, Giants at home after beating the Mavericks, um regardless of the size of the squad. I believe that that would have lit a fire under them and actually gave them and their players a, a bit of a morale boost. You know, it's always nice to end someone's undefeated season. I've been a part of that, um, ending ending many a player's season. Um, I've also now had it done to me. So... It's the kind of thing where I think that they, they'll have an extra bit of wind behind them if they can just keep everyone healthy, keep everyone together. You know, it's it's the holiday season now from next Friday in the north. So hopefully everyone still turns up on game day. That, that's, that's, that's really like sort of where my head's at with it. Giants, get everyone there. You know, it's... It's the middle weekend of the holidays. Just get your players into action, and you should be you should be finishing that game with a win. So that's a that's a Giants prediction or prediction for a Giants win. Then is it Giants prediction for a Giants win up in Giant territory? I'd I'd actually I'd actually side with you there. I think they'll they'll use the um, win against uh, the Mavericks as a as a great sort of launching pad to end this season on a high. Um, I think with this game having no playoff implications as well, you know, the, the Razorbacks don't have that extra edge to fight for. So I think that might actually play in uh, the Giants' favour. So I'd, I'd, say, I'd say a tight game there. 
Um, but again, I decided with you saying a Giants win. Um, obviously, then the week before, um, this Saturday, actually, uh, depending on how quickly we edit this, this game may or may not already be over. How do you feel yourselves going into this uh, game against the Jets? Um, personally, I, I still feel sore from the Giants game. Um, <laughs> as a team, like, as a team, uh, being in the huddle, uh, Coach Coach Angelo was very complimentary to everyone who turned up the last day. You know, you can only play a game of football with the guys you have in front of you. So there's no point, you know, looking to looking to those who aren't there. I believe that the Mavericks should have more players uh, back, more players there. Um, and I feel that it's it's going to be something that the guys who played the last week they will want they will want to like not finish on back-to-back losses because going into the finals end which will be against the Jets that's not where you want to be you don't want to give your opponent any kind of inclination that they have any kind of competitive advantage over you now aside from the football end of things something that we should uh, note is that the Mavericks are actually having it's basically like a a fun day on Saturday um, and it's actually all in aid of the Laura Lynn Foundation so yep. many of you know Alex Sims the um, the Samson the, the Greek God the the modern day Adonis I like there's so many words that you could use to describe him and his gorgeous golden long locks of hair you know he's got more hair than most of our, our O-line combined not not most definitely all of our own line combined, possibly most of our team at this stage of the year. But he is actually shaving all his hair off for the Laurel Lynn Foundation, which uses that hair then to make uh, wigs and stuff for children who have different illnesses like cancer or alopecia, these kind of things. Um, if anyone has a chance, go on to his instagram page um or even get in contact here with the show and you can make donations to it it's an excellent cause and you know it's it's great that he's doing it i'll be sad to see the hair go but you know it's one of these things where it's for a good cause i think we can all get behind so yeah i think uh that's just something on a, on a side note from football that they should be commended that the Mavericks are doing this and so same with Alex Sims. If you've got a five or, or a ten or spare, get in touch with us or get in touch with Alex himself on Instagram. We'll lead you to the link and uh, hopefully we can get a big support there from the uh, from the AFI community. So on then to the going up a division to division one. Uh, we've one more game left in the uh, regular season for division one. And that is the Crusaders playing host to the Vipers. So this game, as we kind of said, um, will winner takes the third seed, winner takes the fourth seed in the playoffs. I don't know how you see this one going down um, as an outsider looking in, Rob. To the like, it, it's 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 unfortunate that the season has got to this. You know, both teams are already in playoffs. Um, it's really a a nothing kind of game. I don't think that you really want to play either the Minotaurs or the Vikings. So 
I think it. I think it'll just be a game where both teams will try to win, but I don't think we will see anyone doing any kind of heroics that could lead to them missing the finals. It's the kind of thing where if one team gets maybe two or three scores ahead, there isn't going to be a big push for a comeback. It'll kind of be right. That's how it's going, and we'll just settle at that. I will go for. A Vipers win. I I think that they they have the necessary stuff to like actually get it. They've they've been a good team throughout the year. They've been a hard hitting competitive team. We've seen the difference of uh, the Crusaders with and without Jordan Farrell. I can't imagine any reason why he wouldn't be here um, as long as he's not trying to get any more flights back from from Europe. So uh, I'll I'll just I'll go with I'll go with the Vipers. You know I'll I'll stick to the the team closest to home and I think they'll uh, get a, get a W. Uh, yeah, I'd say the Vipers as well. I just think with um, with how this game went earlier in the season, the thirty uh, twelve win for uh, the Donegal Derry Vipers. I just think with like that, uh, along with just how both teams have played the year in general, like the fact that the Vipers um, travelled was a four and a half hours each way and didn't lose against the Vikings. You know that that's that's just a testament to show how strong the team is and you know how well they travel. And I think you know as far of a trip as it is from um, uh, Derry to to Newbridge, I, I wouldn't see any issues there for the for the Vipers personally. So with that, then we get to uh, the Premier Division last last couple of games here taking place this Sunday, uh, July tenth. So first one here, Robbie, uh, we'll take the uh, Panthers uh, taking on the Rebels. Yeah, I'm just gonna go in with it. Uh, Rebels win. Rebels win. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, it, it's like un- until they come out and say. Hey everybody, we are resting every starter. Like until they say that, um, it, it's it's the rebels for me. Now look again, Panthers want to prove me wrong. Go ahead. Um, you've got the likes of Evan Allen there up the top of the sack leaderboards, and you know that defense has been pretty good on 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 occasion. I will say they have leaked in a few points here and there, but when they want to have a good day, they really do have a good day. So if you're a Panthers fan, that's what you're hoping for. I just don't see the rebels. Losing this game, not with the way they've been playing all year. No, um, it would be a great disservice to them if we were to start siding against them this late into the season after what they've what they've produced so far. So, moving swiftly on from that, then we have the game that this ties into: uh, Cork hosting the Trojans. So, obviously, with the Panthers' loss, we're predicting. Yeah. Um, how do we see this game going? This is oh, I don't even know how to like like this is this is a big game and this is a big distance. Everyone just get your flights down to Cork. Don't bother getting buses. Don't bother getting trains. Just get a flight down, get a flight down the, the night before. Um bring bring everyone you've got. Oh, it is, it's tough. It is so, so tough. We've seen how dominant the Trojans have been at home. 
but how that hasn't really carried over at all into their away games. I really want to go for the Trojans, but I I can't. I can't. Like it's, I cannot see them going the whole way down to Cork and getting getting a W. It's it's so it's it's tough for me to go against them. But this this late in the year, and I know both teams have had like bounce back seasons, but getting that then coming back and then the draw with UCD by the, the Admirals, I think that it's so tight. Do you know this is the kind of game that could I feel also end in a draw if it was last week. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Last week, I could have seen both these teams drawing, but this week, teams, they're both teams are going to go absolute balls to the wall here and get trying to get that W. Like, you are not going to be, if you could be, it's basically the opposite of the, the Crusaders Vipers game in the division below. This is the kind of game where you could be two or three scores ahead and you're still not going to be safe because. You go maybe two scores up. The other team, whoever whoever it is, will start hitting harder. They will start playing through the whistle. They will start doing the necessary evils that are sometimes needed to win football. Because at the end of the day, neither team will care as long as they've won. Like your teammates, yeah. your teammates aren't going to be annoyed at you if you were a bad bad man if you being a bad man helped get the win so you're saying yeah i tell you what just for this one just because it's probably going to be the biggest game of the weekend uh can we get a score prediction off you 38 36 there we go tell you what if we get that 38 36 admirals you're saying I'm going big T. I'm going big T. Oh, he's done it. He's only gone and done it. I tell you what, right? I really don't hate it. I don't hate it. The Admirals know they have a good match with the UCD. With UCD but I think at this stage in the season, the Admirals... I think that they would play a, clo- a close game with the Rebels or UCD. I don't think the Trojans... would play that great of a game against the Rebels in the semis. I think they need like two massive wins to be like, okay, we can go out and beat the Rebels. So I think I think they need to finish in the third seed. I think they would give a good match to UCD. So I think I might have to side with the Trojans too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. It's another close game. I think probably like 31-28 some typical like oh he's scored or the Trojans score with like a minute left and there's not enough time to go down the clock and no you see I hate this too because like it's hard to root against the Admirals and Stephen Hayes as well because they've been on fire no I know I'm I'm sticking I'm gonna stick with the underdog I'm gonna stick with the Trojans I'm sticking with the Trojans so 
It is quite a pity that uh, this is just an audio show because if anyone could see the absolute turmoil in Joe's face at the minute <laughs> as he tries to make a decision here, um, it's priceless. It's just... Uh, I think it's going to be like a Rebels UCD like game of the ages or at least like a game of the year contender anyway. And that's how close it's going to be, I think. Um. And just for the sake of content, I'm gonna side with the away team. Um so that'd be what the Admirals fourth, Trojans third, UCD second, Rebels first. Um I don't think we'll quite preview what that would look like. I think we'll leave that until Until all um, said done and the dust is settled. Stay tuned for more. But I think I think that's ah Every five seconds, I flip between that is a great pick and what the hell are you doing, Joe? So if you hear any more frustration in my voice for the rest of the episode, you know why. And then obviously the actual best game of the weekend. Um, Belfast Knights hosting the Dublin Rhinos. Yeah, like, I think um, it's the fun game, if that makes sense for everyone mm. else who's just like, going to be watching it just because it's like it's a do or die for both teams like you said going early on in the season you would have thought someone would have been relegated at this stage um so fair play to the schedule makers and afi for leaving us with this uh classic they they had the foresight to to see what was about to unravel throughout the year um i like the game itself, it's up in Belfast. Literally at this stage of the season, and just because coming off the back of the big win, I know, like you were saying, for the first half, the the Knights aren't going to have Spencer McDowell. But I feel that if they can even just hold it tight in the first half, get him back in in the second, I, th- I think that this should come away with a win. But this is football. This is football. And, you know, both teams are battling for their lives here. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there is a, a rhino stampede and they they go in and crash crash through the, the Knights defense. Get that W. I've got this like you know, uh water boy type mode. Was it water boy? It was the water boy. Where he come where McDowell comes in at half time. And he's like, right, guys, I'm back. I'm back in the team. And it's going to be like a last second touchdown to put them up by, you know, like two points or something like that. Right at the end of the game, the Belfast crowd will go absolutely wild. There'll be tears shed and, and everything like that and jerseys and helmets flying everywhere. That's how it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think we were both in agreement that the, the, the Knights should win this but we would not be surprised if the rhinos relegate the knights for a second season in a row from the same division yeah um the only thing that's like toying with me is like the rhinos ah they like the i kind of want to root for them as the thing but I also would love to see, like, you know the, the Undertaker gif where he gets out of the coffin and he sits up? Like, I want that with, like, the Knights logo on his face. Like, right at the end of the season, just 
bam, rises up, here we go, we're back on it. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's the Knights here. I think they survive. And uh, I think the Rhinos, uh, unfortunately for the Rhinos, they they uh, get relegated. Um, I think that's about all we can we can talk about right now. Other than to keep plugging our uh, buy us a coffee campaign, um, make sure to try and give a couple euro here and there where you can to uh, the Laurel Inn Foundation, the campaign that Alex Simpson set up, um, that's going to be run on the the Mavericks game, home game this, weekend. this weekend on July 9th. And then to keep plugging the bowl games. So July 31st, Division 2 and Division 1 uh, champions will be crowned in a double header. Those games kick off from half 12, Division 2 first, and then Division 1 at 4 o'clock. So those will be held at the uh, New Forge Sports Complex in Belfast hosted by the uh, Razorbacks. And so we know our Division 2 teams. It's going to be the Mavericks and the Jets, obviously, as Robbie alluded to earlier. And then uh, Division 1, uh, the Division 1 final will be confirmed um, on July 17th. And then the Shamrock Bowl, this year, Shamrock Bowl 34 will take place at Kingspan Stadium, the home of Ulster Rugby, also in Belfast. Those tickets are on sale now. Uh, check the socials, check the website for information on that. Uh, tickets are as low as £4 for under-18s and £8 for uh, adults. So make sure to get your tickets for that. Uh, it'll be a great day. There'll be stands for food and uh, merchandise and stuff like that for uh, all you could possibly think of for American football. And it'll be a great day. And you get to spend the day in Belfast, which is, I think, objectively, a very beautiful city. And will you be signing autographs on the day, Joe? Um, I will be before and after. I will probably have to pay you, but, you know, we can get it done. That's fine. <laughs> I think that's about it, guys. So thanks for tuning in as always. We love talking about football. We love that you love listening to us talk about football. We have been your hosts. Robbie Caldwell. And I'm Joe Kinahan. Uh, Kelly Dwyer, go away. Peace. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.